when people are confronted with something that they find so hard to believe, mm. it's easier to get combative and defensive and say, well, it can't be, than actually look and go, well, no, it is. Like that, those numbers don't lie. 12 times more likely than a white woman to die, right? Like that's, it's not 1821. They always like to bring up um, funding. Oh, we don't have the funds for this. We don't have the funds for this. Um, but it's not, it's not some, it's not some new machine that you need. Standard care just needs to be implemented for each and every patient, no matter their creed or color. Mm. That's what we're here to do. We're here to shed light on that and, you know, um, combat against those systemic flaws and dismantle them. She ends up running to the room, um, holding two pregnancy tests and she, she jumps on the bed and she, she's screaming, she's pregnant. And we're just so excited and, and we're crying and we're hugging each other. Um, and literally like after like five minutes after she's telling me she's pregnant, she's already jumping on Amazon and buying a whole bunch of baby stuff. Um, she was ready. She was going to be an amazing mother. And I, I really wish that she at least got to, to hold Elias in her arms. Elias, my son, has that same radiant smile that Aww. same warm smile as his mom um, and that you know that kills me sometimes but it also brings me back down to earth um, I'm, I'm, I'm honored that I got to be a part of her life mm, I imagine she's in your head a lot do it this way don't do it that way are you sure you want to do it like old moms are <laughs> I can hear her now about all the stuff that I shouldn't be doing and what I should be doing <laughs> So our platelet levels actually started to um, deteriorate in uh, December 2019. She's telling her OBG, OBGYN all of her, all of her concerns and, and what's going on with her body and what she's feeling. She's clearly not paying attention to Amber and tailoring to her needs. You know, we, we were just dealing with so much negligence. Once the pandemic hit, um, we had to switch over to telehealth. You may have preeclampsia. Um, so here, take these iron pills um, and go buy your own blood pressure monitor and keep up with your blood pressure. Very upset um, because she knows that she wasn't being paid attention to. She ended up talking to me about, um, you know, midwifery care, doula care. And I ended up coming across, um, you know, birth from the earth. So, you know, we're waiting to get all of these um updates back they're taking forever to update the results um you know we finally get the results back and i send it over to our midwife um on april 3rd 2020 and she she sends us a message right back and says hey amber needs to be seen immediately i don't understand why she's not being seen you know her play levels are are decreasing at, at a rapid pace. So due to Amber being too high risk at this point, she couldn't um, have a, a home delivery, a home birth. And we moved on to a different Montefiore facility um, where her mother worked. And, you know, um, her mother had resources and connections and, and, you know, those people were telling us that they were gonna take really good care of us, um, which was a lie. You know, they're losing blood work, they're losing paperwork. Um, you know, we're having to go back and forth and. Um, that's when Amber left her, her last tweet, which, you know, blew up about the incompetence and the negligence that she was dealing with and how she wanted to write a tell all. She, she, she wrote that on that day, April 18th, after they reviewed her, uh, her blood work 
and uh, said that Amber needs to come in for treatment immediately. And Amber's scared and she's nervous and she's looking at me and she's telling me, you know, to, to, to not let them take her up by herself. You know, I'm talking to the receptionist and I'm telling them, hey, you guys have to make some sort of exception um, for, for us to go up together because she does not need to be alone right now. So security comes up to me and the security woman tells me, okay, Mr. Baby Daddy, you need to calm down. They, they kick me out the, out the lobby and I had to go sit in my car and wait. They, t- they come back and tell her, well, you either have COVID or you have preeclampsia. Yet again, we still don't know what's going on with Amber. I still don't know what's wrong. She calls me and says, hey, they're going to induce my pregnancy today. So we're going to push for the baby today. And uh, come to the hospital and take your COVID test because they were finally going to allow me to be with her after I passed my COVID test. I was only with Amber in that room for maybe a couple of hours. They're, you know, yelling at me. Oh, you can't be too close to Amber. You can't be too close to her. You can't hold her. You can't touch her. You can't kiss her. You can't do anything. Like, I can't hold her hand when she's scared. The doctor, she takes off her gloves and she says, well, we don't know who has COVID. We don't even know if we have COVID because the nurses aren't being tested. Just to hear the news right before she's she's going in that we don't even know if the nurses are being tested. You know, I'm talking to Amber and I'm telling her, you know, we're, we're going to make it through this. This is our last push. I know this isn't how we dreamed of our pregnancy. Amber being the most healthiest person I know, I'm, I'm thinking, you know, we're, we're going to have a strong baby. We're, you're going to be fine. You're going to be okay. You're going to get through this. You know, the doctors come back in and with this, uh, this sense of urgency um, that they need to get the baby out immediately. You know, the baby wasn't in distress. Um, he was just still attached to, uh, to the placenta because he was still wanting to grow. It wasn't his, mm-hmm. his time yet. We're asking them questions, you know, are you guys sure you guys have everything prepared? Are you guys sure you have everything ready? You know, they just found out that same day that she had Hope Syndrome, um, the day that they decided to induce her labor mm-hmm. is the day that they found that out. By the time we had gotten to the hospital, her platelet levels were well under 50. They were well under 30. At this point, her blood is like water and her blood is not clotting. And they're wanting to perform a C-section, telling us that, you know, the risk factor on this is very low. The mortality rate on this is very low. You know, I'm talking to Amber and, and consoling her and telling her we're going home. And, you know, those are still the last words that, are, that, she's, that she's saying. You know, they tell me that she's going to be back in this room in like 20 minutes. You know, I'm ready to, to hold her and the baby and have them come home. And I just had this feeling, this sharp feeling that something wasn't right. I seen doctors rushing a baby out covered in blood and in a bucket. And I'm thinking, well, this, this could be my son. 10 seconds after they ran my son out of the room, they're on the intercom. They need all medical emergency personnel to uh, the OR. They had to say that she was a non-COVID patient three times um, before people really started to um, attending to her aid. I see, uh, you know, doctors rushing from another side of the hospital, um, running with, with sacks of blood in their hand after they had just assured us that they had everything ready. I'm asking questions. Nobody's telling me anything. I know that Amber's platelet levels are dangerously low and that her blood is like water. I seen you guys pull my son out. Did you at least sew her back up? Because no, mm. they didn't sew her back up. Well, they, they, they thought the, the bleeding was coming from her um, uterus. So they performed a hysterectomy. So they, they cut her open again. The bleeding wasn't coming from her uterus. So they took out her, uh, they performed a hysterectomy for no reason Whoa. at all. And I kept just thinking to myself, wow, Amber's going to be pissed when she wakes up. It's like, no, they cut her open again. And I'm asking, what for? And uh, they told, she told me that they cut her chest open to manually massage her heart because her heart stopped. 
but she ended up coding as soon as they cut her open. You know, they're telling me, oh, do you, you want to go see your son? Do you want to go see your son? And at that, at that time, I didn't want to see him. Yeah. Um, I'm hearing nurses go back and forth. Oh, why hasn't this arrived from the blood bank yet? They clearly weren't ready at all. And after speaking to numerous doctors and, and educating myself on all of this, I learned that she was dead when she walked in there. Um, I'm already upset because I noticed that my son has a, a cut on his shoulder, maybe two and a half centimeters away from his neck. I'm very, ups- I'm very upset about that because they could have killed him too. Amber's head surgeon finally arrives, the one that she never even got to meet. So he turns around and he runs and grabs the colleague to come back and break the news with him. And the first thing that he says to us is, uh, I'm sorry for your loss. I'm already losing it at this point. And uh, I just remember hearing in a bar the head surgeon asking Amber's mother for consent to her organs. And while Amber was alive, we're not organ donors. She does not want to donate organs. So it really, it really upset me to hear the head surgeon trying to ask the mother for consent after Amber had already said no. So she's already um, passed and away and she's still being ignored. They, they declared her, her death um, 1236 on uh April 21st, but I really say that she died on the 20th, you know, funeral expenses and all this other stuff after we just saved up and and we're planning for Elias. Um, And I advocated for her the very next day. Our GoFundMe actually went viral. During COVID times, you know, these funeral homes aren't accepting new patients. They were already trying to throw Amber on the back of an ice truck and they were trying to take her to Heart Island. And what Heart Island is, it's an island where um where they dump all of the covid patients but they basically did they basically did try to make amber look like a uh, another black girl with no family mm-hmm. um knowing who her mother was they didn't add her mother to the to the death certificate even though she worked in that same hospital um they didn't they didn't add me even though they knew I was the father you know she was being neglected since before covid there's no excuse that you can make um, she was clearly being neglected by multiple people. There were multiple doctors signing off on her paperwork as her health is deteriorating. We're not being made aware of any of this. We have to hear this through a midwife that we unfortunately didn't get to hire because it was too late. The, the midwife that, uh, that broke the news to us, her and I partnered up and created the Amber Rose Isaac Access to Home Birth Scholarship Program. Um, and what this program does is it offsets the cost of insurance premiums. So whatever insurance does not cover um, the Amber Rose Isaac uh, Access to Home Birth Scholarship Program will cover that. We've actually been able to help over 26 families. Um, I'm also one of the partnering efforts to bring the first ever midwifery-led birthing center to the Bronx as well. You hire these politicians, you pay for their chair with your tax money. You come and ask them, hey, what are you guys doing about this? And mm. they're not doing anything about it. And, um, you know, you tell them get your concerns and they're like, oh, well, have you created a bill for this yet? And they're telling me, oh, Bruce, you don't need to be doing that. You're, you should be grieving. You don't need to be doing that. That's my job. I should be doing that. And I'm just like, no, obviously I have to do it because you guys aren't doing it. Mm. That's something that I had to stress over working on as well um, to provide funding for families um, who don't have insurance, who are, who are going through this um, so that they're not having to pay like $30,000, $40,000 out of pocket for, uh, for an unexpected debt. You know, we're, we're, we're expected to go back to normal life after this when, in fact, we're, our, our lives right now are on a standstill. You know, that the Bronx has the highest C-section rate 
over 60% of these women don't need the C-section, you know, how they're putting profit over people, especially to the, um, to the hospitals that are being so substantially defunded, um, which happen to be the hospitals in our communities and a way for them to make up for those budget cuts is to perform the C-sections on these mm. women. Um, we're talking more than half of these women don't need C-sections. Yeah. Um, but, you know, they're securing and uh, they're securing an extra $8,000 for a surgery for the C-section versus, uh, versus a natural birth because now um, this high-risk issue becomes a, uh, uh, you know, a, it, it turns into surgery. So, you know, you have to pay extra for surgery. What's been helping me cope is just moving and, and mm. making sure that I'm moving every day and that I'm fighting every single day because the moment that I'm settled down and I feel like I'm not fighting, I start to feel really bad. You know, I can just hear Amber in my head. This isn't over. We're not done. We're not done. Which is, I wish that I didn't have to do all of this because um, only because I wish I could spend even more time with Elias. You know, I feel like when I, when I, take my days advocating because they take up a lot of my time and a lot of my days. And then I feel like that's time away from him. But, you know, Amber conditioned me to such a, to be such a strong person um, that I almost feel as if I've been conditioned for this reason, you know, and I feel like that's the best way that I can honor her, you know, is by giving her all of these things and making sure that she, she marks her place here in this world. And so your gorgeous little boy, he watches this one day, listens to it one day, pieces all these things together. What would you want him to know? His mother was a superhero and we need to continue her work. You know, one way or another, Amber was going to change the world some way, somehow. And it's just very unfortunate that it has to be this way. I want you to know that you're not forgotten and that the new stories come and go and the sound bites that come and go but you're not forgotten. And we might be oceans and oceans away, but there are people who care. Thank you. You're not forgotten.